Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to our website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined tonight by the one and only Justin Southwell. Eve got tied up with work, but Justin and I are holding it down. Absolutely. And you know who else is holding it down? The Oklahoma State defense. And we'll get to it, obviously, but it's it's so great to be back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Unlike Texas, we are back. We are back. Great. Also, I would like to apologize in advance to everyone listening for my voice and how it sounds. Um, I was explaining to Justin before we started recording, I think I'm allergic to ragweed. Um, and apparently it's bad here in Oklahoma. So thank you for bearing with me. If you listen to me this entire time, I apologize. <laughs> no, props to Meg for powering through. I think you know, if you've lived in Oklahoma for any amount of time, you know how crazy the allergies can get here. So we feel you. My voice was a couple octaves deeper like two days ago. I sounded much more manly. So I sound less manly and more congested, which I mean, I don't know which everyone would prefer, you know. Um, but thank you for bearing with me. I'm sorry. But let's talk, guys. Friday night was fun. We looked solid think we're still scared to score 30 points we'll get there it's fine it's fine but last week we talked about how good k-state's defense was how they ranked six and rushing only allowing 73 yards a game well ollie gordon almost uh doubled that with yeah. his 136 yards on 21 carries and a touchdown well you were talking to last week about who have they played you know, well, now you played the Cowboys, baby. Okay, so those numbers are going to come back down to earth. Sorry about you. We talked to you up all last week, but, you know, K-State, it is what it is. Really, this game was the opposite of everything anyone expected because leading up to that point, other than the fact that we you know, still didn't hit 30 points, I mean, we hosted the defending Big 12 champions, Nearly everyone expected the Pokes to lose, except for Meg and Bixby. Um, you know, it started off really in our favor. It started off with K-State. Uh, they were scoring on every opening possession, and then OSU's defense was able to prevent that from happening. And last week, some OSU fans were pointing out how great OSU was at scoring touchdowns in the red zone. 9 of 11 entering that game. And the joke was that, well, we just don't make it to the red zone often enough. And that's why we're losing. But, and then on top of that, Kansas state was having trouble stopping teams who got in the red zone. And that whole script just flipped. Like we got to the end zone six times, ended up only scoring 19 points. So 
yes, we are scared of scoring 30, apparently, but, you know, maybe we hit it this week. We'll see. We we got enough to win, and at the end of the day, you can win 3 nothing. A win's a win. Still yeah. counts the same. Like, I don't care. I'll take... I'll take the W. I think a win like that is also a confidence booster. I would say we looked very, very good. You know, I'm you know, I'm not saying we looked incredible, but compared to where we were two weeks ago, things were clicking. You know, Ollie had a solid game. We had two mm-hmm. receivers, Jaden Bray and Rashawn Owens, step up 77 yards for Bray, 75 for Owens. There was a point in the game where literally every Owens catch was a first down. Yeah, that's big time. I'm like, that's, and they weren't like five yard slants. They were pretty big, solid gains. And, or it was like a third down and they went to Owens and it was a first down. I'm like, so he had some pretty crucial catches in that game. Uh, He stepped up. Yeah. We kind of heard the news ahead of the game that Stribling was going to miss the rest of the season with a hand or a wrist injury. Yeah. But the fact that Owens was able to step in and, really not skip a beat if anything like he's putting up the probably what we would have expected stribbling to do as well so props to those guys for making that happen yeah i mean five catches rashad owens had five catches for 75 yards his long was 45 so that's an average of 15 yards per catch. right that's that's not that's not little slants. It's not nothing. So it was awesome to see those guys step up. However, to me, although Ollie had another breakout game, I think Ollie needed that for, I don't want to say his confidence. Cause I think that he is already confident, but it's just one of those things where you just need reassurance. Like this is what I can do. Yeah. I am a baller. Give me the ball. I will do something with it. I will run. I just think he needed that to get rid of some of the frustration. And I'm, I, you know, I have not talked to Ollie if he was frustrated or not. These are strictly my words, but sometimes you're like, if you get me the ball, I'll make a play. Just give me the ball. And Ollie did that. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for him. And I think also I'm happy that he's happy because it seems like every time I see him, any kind of big play, it just seems like Ollie's the biggest fan of the team. Like he loves his teammates all throughout the game, I noticed him hyping up guys after big plays. And that's just really cool to see. Like as a running back, he's not selfish. He wants other guys to succeed. And, and we're seeing that happen. And and we haven't talked about him really so much yet. But I think that this game was very much needed for Bowman. Uh, he ran the ball some. And on one play early in the game, he kind of took a big shot while he was running out of bounds. And as weird as it is to say this like i think that was really good for him he he was able to get back up he stayed composed he pushed through that and whenever you consider his injury history i think something like that could give him more confidence moving forward and we all know how important confidence is for a quarterback and you know we were talking about it with the iowa state game i thought that he did well enough to win and that's what we should expect from him on his worst of days i think that you know, over time in one of these games, he's probably going to go off and give us some old Texas Tech Day vibes. But I think as for right now, his role is just to be able to protect the ball, keep the offense on the field, keep moving the sticks, get the ball to playmakers like Ollie Gordon, Jaden Bray, Rashad Owens. So I love to see that uh, he's having success. It seems like his leadership uh, is just something that this team has uh, has needed, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's QB1 and, and he's staying healthy. 
Well, Justin, we talked last week about the possibility of some explosive plays versus K-State, and you saw Bowman take a couple shots. They they didn't connect or he didn't connect, but I liked that he was going for it. I liked that offensively. We're like, hey, let's air it out and see what happens. And I think that that also comes with reps. Um, I think Justin, you sure. sent the text yesterday that, you know, we said last week that Gundy said that Bowman was taking about 60% of the snaps. Casey Dunn came out after the game and said, no, Bowman's been taking most of the snaps all week, you know, so that's that Gundy mind game going for you. Hey, it fooled me. So props to you, coach. But with that consistency, you're going to get the timing and who can run at a certain pace and where you need to put it for each different receiver. So I think that that's something that's going to connect. And honestly, we have some big games coming up. I'd rather see it connect in a couple weeks at homecoming when we play that team from Norman, you know, end of the year against BYU, going down to Orlando at UCF, some tough opponents coming up. And I'd like to see it click. If it's going to click that anytime, I'd like it then as opposed to this weekend because we won anyway. So it, it worked out regardless. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and the, that's the thing about clicking. Um, it's great for it to click one time, but it's even better if you can be consistent with it. Just click and then keep rolling. And so I hope that that's what we're actually seeing is it's starting to click and we'll just keep on rolling, continue to get better week over week. And, uh, you know, just, just see where it goes from there because the sky's the limit. Talking about clicking, to me, star of the night was the defense. They completely clicked. Nick Martin, ugh, huge, huge Nick Martin fan. I have bragged on him all season so far. He had 13 tackles last year, guys. In 12 games last season, he played every game. He had 13 total tackles last year. On Friday night, he had 17, including a sack and an interception. Martin leads the Cowboys with 45 tackles this season. He has Man. been starting in place of an injured Justin Wright. Initially, we saw we thought that Wright would be back for this K-State game on Friday. He announced on social media he had season-ending surgery and would be taking a medical red shirt. So he will be back in Stillwater next season. But it's the Nick Martin show. Nick Martin, Absolutely. you were the starter. I love it. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people were bummed to hear about that news with Justin Wright. Here's a guy that was coming from Tulsa. We were thinking, man, like this is going to be a good replacement for Mason Cobb, who we lost in the portal. But if we can replace him with a guy like this, maybe we can be all right. Well, as it turns out, we got this guy, Nick Martin, just coming up out of nowhere, coming into his own. And um, it's it's just awesome. Uh, you know, I let's pump the brakes a little bit on some of the uh, Malcolm Rodriguez comparisons, but hey, give it some time too, because who's to say he can't be that by the time the end of the season, next year, the year after that rolls around. So I'm excited for him and uh, also glad to hear that Justin Wright will get that medical red shirt and uh, that we'll see him next season. So that tandem together, they don't both have to play the same position necessarily. We can have uh, depth there if if it's if it's needed, but if uh, we shift around middle linebackers, however we need to, and get both of those guys on the field, defense is going to be looking pretty stout. You also have to think that there's a very solid chance that Colin Oliver will not be returning next year if he does declare he is draft eligible after this season. I don't know what he's going to do, but you have to take that into consideration so that it opens that opens a starting linebacker position as well, and you just got to shuffle some pieces on the defense. It'll be interesting. Wishing Justin Wright a speedy recovery. We are sad. You will not 
be on the field again for the Cowboys this year. However, we are super excited that we have Nick Martin, who has filled that role and then some. So, yay, defense. Can't talk about the defense without talking about the Big 12 Newcomer of the Week. That is Cameron Epps. Two interception performance. One of those, a pick six. Like, Cameron Epps, where'd you come from? Beautiful. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. That was, yeah, that was brilliant. Um, he was flying on that, by the way. I think somebody had like a sideline video of what it looked like. He was just like a blur on the, the screen. End, that was great. The end zone video. Shout out to Heath from uh, Oklahoma State Athletic Creative Team. Heath Vessels in the end zone. Got go. a sick shot. Yeah. But yeah, and shout out to obviously Cameron Epps, but really the defense as a whole. Coach Nardo holding K-State to 6 of 16 on third down and 1 of 4 fourth down so just absolutely phenomenal work now i will say this offense you did enough to win but it was a little bit scary there at the end right k-state had thrown three interceptions one of those being that pick six we just mentioned they failed on fourth down three times and still had a chance to win a couple of times towards the end of the game so with that being said like you know I get it, Cardiac Cowboys, we got to do it to an extent, but but really, that game should have been well out of hand. Uh, so the offense needs to make sure we finish those drives in the red zone so we don't have to worry about that as much. Yes. I mean, honestly, I talked about the defense stealing the show, Nick Martin, my MVP, but the offensive MVP, I guess you could say, would be Alex Hale. I mean, without <laughs> Alex Hale's distance and accuracy we would not have won that game he went five for six on field goals hit a tied his career long of a 53 yarder he was named a lou groza award star of the week so he did get some uh nationwide recognition and five for six a 53 yarder like alex hale welcome back missed you buddy he but did you want i mean watching the game justin like he does it all he won like <laughs> water skating like water skateboarding championships like he didn't play so football until he got here he played soccer he's like i'll, I'll go kick why yeah, not sure why not he's just good just etch myself into the legendary status of some of the other specialists that oklahoma state has dished out in recent years it's no big deal no i love that for him yeah super exciting glad he's back this season yeah, also, real quick, before we move on from the defense and you know the performance by Alex Hale, I, I can't forget this one. All right, so in clutch time, the game ceiling pass deflection from Colin Oliver. It wasn't. It didn't count on the stat sheet necessarily. I guess it kind of does as a, as a pass breakup. Yeah, it doesn't count as a as an interception. But man, Colin Oliver, something about him just he's got that clutch gene. You just love to see it. So got to give him the, the proper shout out as well. Yeah. I just, Justin, I just feel like our, like a weight has been lifted off of our shoulders. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I had absolutely nothing to do with that win at all. Like zero, <laughs> zero. I had no part in that whatsoever, but it's so much more fun to talk about your team when they're doing well. Yeah. And you know, I think that part of the reason why the, the last two weeks against South Alabama and Iowa State were not fun. Well, A, you lose. Losing's not fun. And if you think it's fun, then don't come around to me. But it's not fun. 
But also, like, when you're just playing sloppy and you know your team is better than that. They weren't as – they were sloppy against South Alabama. They weren't as sloppy against Iowa State. It was just they're not really designed to play from behind. And watching them on Friday, it was fun. Like, the atmosphere in Boone Pickens was fun. Like Absolutely. It was just the blackout. Oh, blackout. Looked incredible. Absolutely incredible. The uniforms, best we've looked all year. Uniform wise, yeah. favorite combo. We'll get to that later, but it's just it's just more fun when your team is winning. So guys, please, please just hundred percent agree. Yeah, this is this is kind of like what we were expecting uh, coming out of the off season. You know, this is maybe getting a little bit closer to who the, the real Oklahoma State is, but uh, it is again a little bit frustrating that it took until October to get to this point. Hey, now that you're winning, you're beating teams that you weren't expected to beat. Now it's just a matter of consistently playing at that higher level, getting better each week. Of course, you give up one or two, but if you can take back one for the win column, I mean, that's that's just we needed that win probably more than a lot of the players even realized because. It was down. We were. It was. It w- we were down. It was getting dark. Like we're losing to teams we shouldn't lose to. And then we have Kansas State on the schedule. We've got Kansas was kind of that was going to looking like a loss. OU is looking like a loss. And then we don't really know about some of these other teams, but the way that the schedule was shaping up, how we had viewed it in our minds in the preseason versus after those losses. It was like, man, burn it down. Like, we got to fire everybody. We've got to get new players in here and all this stuff. And you got to give these guys props for being resilient, bouncing back from that, not listening to so much of the negativity that was out there, but really coming together and maybe beating a team that you had no business beating. Thank God for that week five bye, you know? We hated it schedule release, but that was honestly a blessing in disguise. I think the team needed that reset going into the rest of the Big 12 play, Big 12 schedule. Well, looking ahead to this Saturday, Oklahoma State will face their first ranked opponent of the season when the Kansas Jayhawks come to town on Saturday. Good news, though, guys. Oklahoma State is 8-3 and three in the last 11 games versus ranked opponents. However, we lost to Kansas last year, 37-16. to 16. Uh, Biggest question is who will be under center for the Jayhawks. It's looking like Jalen Daniels will not get the start. We will see Bean again. Jason Bean, last year against the Cowboys, he completed 8 of 23 passes for 203 yards and two touchdowns. He also rushed for another 93 yards and a touchdown on four carries, one of those being a 73-yard score. So uh, not really stoked about facing Bean, but it's not like Jalen Daniels is a cakewalk either. So how how do you prepare for Bean based on what we saw from him last year? Yeah, I mean, both of these guys are really solid quarterbacks, which is kind of wild to say about Kansas, but respect to them for being able to recruit some guys that can play at a much higher level than what we've seen from them over the last decade plus. You know, if I'm being honest, I think I'd rather face Bean. I mean, there's that revenge factor there. Um, You'd rather take on the guy who maybe doesn't give them the best chance to win. 
Um, I know that there could be some jokes made about OSU versus backup quarterbacks, but maybe this is a good time to lay that joke to rest this weekend if we can shut them down. Yeah. And also, uh, Jalen Daniels, he's only played in three games this season. None of those are against Big 12 opponents. I mean, at this point, I guess technically Bean's a backup quarterback, but if you started half the games, are you really a backup anymore? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess it all kind of depends on how you start the season, right? Because in my mind, I was still thinking for TCU, I was like, Max Duggan, here's a backup quarterback. And of course, he won the job. But, you know, through the whole season, I was like, here's this backup quarterback just lighting the world on fire. Um, so, yeah, that is kind of funny that that perception of whenever you get named as a backup quarterback, you know, before game one, then you carry that kind of for the rest of the year. It's also really just the psychology of it. Like if we go in, he's not a backup quarterback. He's a <laughs> starter. We're going to yeah. do better against him. You know, that's that's really yeah. what I'm getting Yeah, at. at least we have some film on him, right? You can't yeah. use that excuse. <laughs> exactly. You've got film. You know what to expect. You know, that's that's what the, the excuses always are. But, hey, you know, as, as I said before, this is a revenge factor. And I think that, you know, Gundy didn't want to admit to it to the media, but then later he admitted that that was, you know, we owed Kansas State. That was a revenge game for us. Well, we've got a revenge game again against Kansas this, this week. And, um, yeah, just go out and do the same thing. Now, different matchup, of course. But in, in a lot of ways, they are kind of similar. I mean, they've got Devin Neal at running back, uh, kind of similar to, to uh, Kansas State's running back with, uh, was it Giddens? Giddens. Giddens, yeah. Uh, of course, I, I do think that Neal is a better running back. but uh, And then similarly with uh, either one of their quarterbacks, they they are also dual-threat quarterbacks, so they can take off and run. Of course, we saw Will Howard take off for a 70-yard run against us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you don't account for that run threat, then maybe that happens again. But hey, maybe we, I, I think maybe that was more of an alignment issue looking at it again. They kind of overloaded that side. And so if you can line up better, um, make the tackle whenever you need to, and then that doesn't happen. But definitely need to account for uh, the dual threat aspect of, of these quarterbacks. And, and of course, watch out for the running backs. So this, uh, the performance they just had against UCF, I don't know what to think of UCF necessarily, yeah. but they absolutely crushed them on the ground. They, they ran all over them. I don't expect that against our defense because of what we just saw last week against Kansas State. So the fact that we were able to slow down Giddens from K-State last week gives me a boost of confidence for sure. Um, but obviously there are some things that are different than what we saw from last year. So Justin Kirkland in the middle, Nick Martin, who's coming out and having a great year. They're there to support guys like Colin Oliver and Xavier Benson, who uh, were there, some of the guys that were there last year. And, and not necessarily to say that they were incapable of slowing down Neil last year, but that experience that they have, uh, that they've gained from last year with maybe a better run-stopping core, I mean, it doesn't hurt. So, yeah. Talked about Kansas running all over UCF. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize that they ran for 399 yards 399. and five Crazy. touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm like. I don't. I don't know what to expect. Like, are is Kansas good or, or is Texas that good? Because they laid it on Kansas. 
Yeah. Uh, you look at some of the other matchups that they've had. Um, I think Kansas had played Nevada, who's just terrible. I don't. I think they haven't won a game in like 16 straight games, so they're just bad. But that was kind of a close-ish game, maybe. Uh, they they beat Illinois, of course. We all know that the Big Ten stinks. So I don't really know what to think about Kansas. Like, which team shows up? Is it going to be the team that just demolished UCF? And we look at the score, it's like 51-22, but they completely shut out UCF in the first half. And they, I think they were up 31 to nothing at halftime, if I remember correctly. And then they ripped off a huge run to begin the second half. So they, they were all over them. Um, so who knows? Who knows what to, what to expect? Kansas State, I guess, was kind of – They've also played UCF, so you can maybe compare that a little bit. Kansas State beat UCF 44-31. So if you want to, you know, kind of compare the two, maybe Kansas is around the same level as K-State. And hey, if, if we do the same thing that we did last week and maybe sprinkle in a touchdown or two or three in the red zone <laughs> whenever we get there, then I'll feel pretty good about uh, getting a win. Yeah. One more note on uh, Devin Neal. He ran for 154 yards and a touchdown versus UCF. But I just, I kind of want to remind everybody what he did to us last year. Um, just for more of the, hey guys, remember this, let's not let it happen again. He had 224 yards, a touchdown, plus an additional 110 receiving yards. So he is for sure, besides the quarterback, he is for sure the player to watch on this defense, you said it, or on this offense, Justin, you said it, we kind of contained get-ins. The good news, though, the good news is that against, I feel like Kansas has been leaning on their run game. Well, they leaned on their run game against against UCF, and honestly, why wouldn't you if you can right. 399 yards? They only had 91 yards in the air and one passing touchdown. Their leading receiver, Lawrence Arnold, he only had five yards. He had one reception for five yards. Their leading receiver versus UCF was Luke Grimm, but their team UC, their team leader of on receptions is Lawrence Arnold. But he only has 256 yards this season and a touchdown. Last year, we held him to 18 yards. He did score a touchdown, but holding a receiver to 18 yards, if you can just keep him out of the end zone, UCF yeah. did it. Come on, D. Corey Black can do it. Yeah. Cameron Epps. Come on, D. You know, yeah. so... I mean, it just makes you wonder if you're watching film, if you're if you're Coach Gundy and you're Coach Nardo, are you going to play more aggressively to stop the run, knowing that their receivers have not been as big of threats? Or is that when you make yourself vulnerable in the planning? Yeah, I, I think that that maybe should be how you lean toward your defensive game plan, just because of what they did last year to us on the ground, what they have continued to do on the ground this year versus what they can do in the air. So I, I kind of do think that that's the way you got to go and maybe trust that your defensive backs are a little bit more comfortable at this point in the season, being left alone on an Island, uh, having safeties play a little bit closer to stop the run and just don't, don't miss those tackles. Don't get beat deep. You should be able to shut down this offense. Also, I think I said that Jalen Daniels has not faced a Big 12 opponent. Well, I was wrong. He played against BYU because I'm just pulling up the uh, the stats against other teams. And BYU, they had 221 rushing yards against BYU and 130 receiving. So it's still a little bit lopsided. I mean, mm -hmm. 130 is better than 91. 
But yeah, so if I if I I think I misspoke earlier and said that Jalen Daniels has not faced a Big 12 opponent. He has. BYU. You're you're there. My sources are misleading me. So well, you got to remember BYU first year in the Big 12. It's hard hard to keep up with these guys. Um, but no, that's probably an easy mistake to make for right now. And uh, of course, BYU is not even on our radar until late November. So yeah, yeah. Well, should be good. I'm ex I'm excited for this weekend, and I just think that after the exciting win and how well everyone clicked, and it just it just again it felt it felt good. Feels good. And I think that that's going to carry into this week, you know, things just started. There really wasn't an area where a red, red zone, red zone is the biggest thing we need to clean up. You need to punch it in, in the red zone. And if you can do that or have explosive plays where you don't need to go to the red zone, you know, you just got I'd like two more offensive touchdowns, like Justin said, and I feel like we can beat Kansas, but we're not getting into predictions yet. We're going to, Oh, last thing about Saturday, getting ahead of myself, Terry Miller will be the newest Cowboy added to the Cowboys Ring of Honor. He is a two-time All-American. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame last year, and he finished second in the Heisman voting in 1977. So congratulations, Terry Miller. Can't wait to welcome you into the Hall of Honor. That is the, awesome. the Ring of Honor. That's the one. Yeah. Yay. Well, Justin, uniform review picks. What did you think? First of all, suck it, Eve. You were wrong. Not a blackout. You're not here to defend yourself. It's not a blackout if you don't wear all black. That's that's absolutely right. And uh, props to Justin Williams and the equipment staff there for making the right decision going with all black. Carson Cunningham from the Pistols Firing podcast said this was the best uniform Oklahoma State has ever worn. And uh, I, I might have to agree with that. I mean, it's definitely the best of the year. Yes. And I, I will say that best ever. I mean, that's, mm, they did just look really good. And of course it helps whenever you win, right? The perception of the uniform gets hoisted up a little bit higher whenever you win. So yeah, tough to, tough to beat all black. And I mean, shout out to Justin Southwell, got the full thing correct, for, the brand included, all black with the script cowboys. I think that the white script cowboys with the orange outline and then the stripes, mm -hmm. you know, I think that they just like complement each other so well. Those those sleeve stripes are everything to me. I'm yeah. Oh. They are the best part of the uniform by for. And <laughs> It drives me crazy that we're still having issues with the shoulder pads sticking out. I hope they can get that corrected by maybe the end of the year, maybe next year, but the sleeve stripes are everything. Of course, there was kind of some, maybe, maybe an internal debate going on with Justin Williams whenever he's talking to Nike about the uniforms. Do we go with orange or white numbers on the black jersey? And I think they made the right decision to go with white. Um, it's, it's different than what we've seen over the last decade with black jerseys having orange numbers, but whenever you roll out that cursive Cowboys helmet and it's got the white script lettering, you almost have to see it paired with a black Jersey with white numbers. And of course we, we got to see it. Like you said, Meg, it's a complete just beautiful match uniform. Uh, speaking of that, that's what it is. It is a uniform. Okay. So. Going the, uh, the the atrocity that Iowa State rolled out in with a white helmet 
uh, maroon jersey and tan pants. None of that was uniform at all. It's the least uniform uniform in NCAA history. And we've got these accounts on Twitter boasting and like, these are, these are number one, number two in the nation. And they're not like, we got to stop pretending like those are cool. They're not cool. They're not good looking at all. Aims on the helmet, super basic. No, I mean, nobody would want to have a helmet that just said still water, get out of here. So had to dunk on Iowa state real quick. Of course, I already dunk on them for wearing the rivals colors. Half the time, they just like to wear all black. It's, just a complete clown show over there. I don't know what's going on. So I'm glad we're on the other side of that where everything looks good and we're having to debate like which one looks like S tier elite level versus really good level. I also saw several TikToks making fun of the Iowa state uniforms. Cause I admittedly did not watch their game. Um, but when you watch it, it looks like the guys aren't wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like really bad. It's bad. Yep. It's really bad. Justin, when you shared that on Twitter, I thought it was a joke. Like, did they actually wear these? Because obviously I can't watch every single college football game. Uh, but yeah, those were, those were ugly. I, I get like, it's, it's how the uniforms looked in that era. But even whenever I, uh, Ohio state, so Ohio state came out with a throwback concept, maybe in uh, mid 2015 to 2017 range. I want I can't remember the exact year. They did the same similar, a very similar looking jersey, but they paired it with, you know, grayish silver pants and a gray helmet, and it looked uniform. Again, it's it's about the uniform. Whenever you're just like throwing on flesh colored pants, uh, because that's what it maybe looked like in the back in the photos, and they were probably not wearing helmets at that time. So of course they're not going to have a, a white helmet. If they did, then they just looked that much worse back then. Why would you ever wear that again? I digress. Well, not our problem. We look no. good. We look so good. We look so Great. good. All right. So predictions, predictions for this week. I look back. We have not seen the orange helmet this season. That's so true. I, you know, playing odds, playing odds. I'm going to go orange, orange, black with a peat head because you cannot put the orange brand on an orange background. Literally, You, the you would think that you can't. You, it no, has like, been done before. It didn't look good. There's <laughs> no, like, so I don't uh, think we would do it again. Cause there's actual brand rules that yeah. do not allow that. So unless football wants to go against That's those, good. which they could, but that just, no, I don't think they would. So smart. Uh, Good yeah. for you, brand guy. Like marketing, stepping up and doing their jobs. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, why? Why not uh, orange with the cursive cowboys? We have <laughs> seen that. Uh, yeah. yeah, but we saw the cursive cowboys last week. We saw it against yeah. who was at Arizona State. Literally, like I'm going based on. I mean, unless you could do that, you could do the orange helmet with the white OSU brand. That's true. That is yeah. a thing. But I think if you went orange, orange, black. I mean, I think you'd have yeah, to. You'd Kind of have to have a black brand. Dance. Yeah. So yeah. I think I'm going to go orange, orange, black with Pete. Trust in my gut on this one. That's fair. All right. I um, kind of had some trouble uh, picking like this game in general. Uniforms, score predictions, all of it. Yeah. But I will kind of have to jump back 
to the 2011 season, greatest season ever. In the matchup against Kansas, we wore one of our favorite combos ever, black, black, orange, with the orange OSU brand. So I think we'll see that same combo this year. Okay. Black, black, orange with the orange OSU brand. It will look a little bit different. As I just mentioned, the black jerseys have white numbers. So I don't think that the uniform will look as good in that combo as it has in the past, but that doesn't mean we should shy away from it. It's a, it's a good time to wear it. So keep rolling with some black. Uh, I, I, I went back and forth. Like I said, had a really hard time picking um, and I'll go ahead and I'll throw out a, a prediction for Eve. He probably didn't even say this, but it, well, if I get it right for Eve, then he can thank me later for Eve. I'm going to choose black, orange, white, with the orange OSU brand because it's one of the cleanest and most underutilized looks in our arsenal. I think it would look outstanding against Kansas. So I'll throw out that pick just for Eve. And again, if I, if I get that right, I'll, I'll kind of be mad a little bit. Like maybe it should count as like half a point for me in our rankings. So well, no, because then you get two picks and I mean, you're still, yeah, like that's true. That's true. I can't, I can't do it. I'm going, I got to stick with it. Got to, Rules are rules. I yeah. got to respect the game. So yes. for me, black, black, orange. Okay. I, I added it to my, my Google doc guys. Now one, one more right guess and Bixby is bowl eligible. So food bowl eligible. You haven't been feeding him this whole time, <laughs> the whole time except I, for the treats. No, he only, the, the, the two pieces of kibble on those papers are <laughs> what he gets for <laughs> the week. Um, no, I'm joking. He eats five cups of food a day. I think my dog is well fed. <laughs> he eats more than I do. Um, but I'm told that he's a good size. So, you know, it's, it's fine. He's my Clifford, but yeah. I digress. One more right answer. He is five and zero, looking to go six and zero and get that bowl eligibility. Who does Bixby pick this week? He oh, went with the Jayhawks. <sighs> Hmm. I know. Kind of built that up thinking um, we were going to win that one. I don't, I don't love it. I mean, is Bixby about to pull a 2022 Oklahoma state and just go downhill the rest of the season? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It's possible. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, we need him to lose at least one of these things. Cause he's, he's beating us <laughs> in our predictions and uh, it's just not a good look, you know? Low key though, like if if the Cowboys can't win, it's kind of cool that my dog stays undefeated. So like you know, obviously I prioritize Oklahoma State over Bixby's picking. But yeah, uh, I prefer it to be the other way where I pick against OSU and then like in your face we just won. Like I'm okay with that. Yeah, but yeah, well he went with the Jayhawks. I know I trusted him last week and I followed his guidance. I am going against Bixby this week. I am picking the Cowboys. I think we are going to ride their momentum of that win on Friday night over K-State. And we are going to score more than 30 points for the first time in over a year, taking down the Jayhawks 34-24. Let's go. All right. Listen, hey, credit where it's due for beating K-State, but it's – still to be determined if they are a good team this year. They just might be average. It happens all the time. Like teams are really good one year. They maybe even catch some breaks. They finish with 10 plus wins in a season, turn around the next year and they're hovering around bowl eligibility. So maybe, maybe we just beat a good K state team. 
Maybe they're just average. I don't know. What is Kansas? Are they good? Are they average? I don't know. So, again, predicting this game, a total shot in the dark for me. I really wanted to pick 43 points for OSU in honor of Terry Miller. Oh. But it'd be such a massive turnaround from everything we've seen this year, and I I just can't get there yet. (laughs) But I do agree. I think we break 30 points finally. I'm going to say OSU 31, Kansas 27. Oh, close one. That is all we have for this episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you all for listening. Like, share, subscribe. Congrats again to Terry Miller. Can't wait to be there on Saturday watching you being added to our ring of honor. Eve, we missed you. Sorry you couldn't defend your terrible uniform pick last week. But again, can't have a blackout if you don't wear all black. So lesson learned. I hope. Miss you. Can't wait to have Eve back next week. Thanks, guys. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 